I thought that was amazing, selling digital drugs for real money. But anyway, if that's not part of it, then we won't talk about it. Welcome to the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson. Today's guest is Tepe Tutsui. For the past decade, Tepe has been the managing partner of the GFR Fund, and he's led several key investments and acquisitions in Tokyo, including Gris acquisitions of OpenFaint and Funzio. Tepe is currently leading the GFR Fund in San Francisco. You can learn more about the GFR Fund by visiting gfrfund.com, the GFR Fund. Tepe, welcome to the show, my friend. Cool. Yeah, thank you for having me here. It's my absolute pleasure. You guys were one of the very first companies to start investing in the virtual and augmented mixed reality space. You come from a gaming background. Maybe just give us a little uh, of overview of the GFR fund and how this came to be that you're investing in some of the name brands in virtual reality. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the GFR fund is a zero stage fund that's investing in technology companies uh, disrupting the digital media and entertainment space, uh, including the VR and IR. Uh, we have about uh, 40 million under management and we invest in primarily in North America, but also like in Asia and Europe too. And uh, we are backed by uh, like Japanese, uh, more like a strategic investor from Japan and Asia, and including the GRI, which is the uh, public traded company, uh, mobile gaming company out of the uh, Tokyo. And uh, they also like help us quite, you know, co-invest in the companies and all together. Before launching this fund back in 2016, I've been working for the company called Agree. That's the same company as that, that I was kind of explaining. And uh, I was uh, the uh, head of the corporate development team uh, based in Tokyo and also the, uh, in San Francisco. So that uh, I was kind of working together with them, just looking for um, more like venture companies in the gaming and the VNR space as well. So that's how we got started this GFL fund and that's the uh, relationship. Gree is a, a fairly large company, is, is it not? It, it is. So they have about 1.5 billion market cap and they got about a thousand employees across the globe and they got a uh, 2000 billion US dollar um, like revenues. So it's a fairly good, uh, like a decent company, decent size of company. That's awesome. It, it, I would assume because it's social media and gaming, um, it would be a direct competitor, something like Tencent. Would that be the case? Yeah. In a way, yeah, but the Greece is more focused on the uh, the mobile games, whereas the Tencent are like they do both like PC games and sort of consoles too. Got it. I'm looking at your portfolio here under the GFR fund. You've got VR Chat, Spaces, the Wave VR, Little Star, Insight VR, Stream, Torch. Let's go through these if you don't mind and kind of. Talk about each one, one at a time and why you guys chose to invest it. But first, I want to know, you talked about your, your fund being $40 million. When did that fund start? The first fund was launched in April 2016, 2016. So it's almost like four, three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And we also launched a second fund at the beginning of this year. Great. And then, so you've got, uh, that's $40 million total under, under management? Yes, yeah. So that twenty million, uh, the first fund is the twenty million, and the second fund is also another twenty million. So you've got forty million to play with. You've made some uh, early stage bets. What are the check sizes that you invest in? Yeah, we typically do somewhere between hundred k and half million, but our C spot is about three hundred k, hundred k for initial check. 
And we also keep one third of the fund for the follow-on so that we can maybe continue to uh, support the companies that we invested up onto like a series B or series C. Um, so depending on the situation in a company too. I mean, something like VR Chat, for example, I know, I, I believe they just raised another round, was it? Yeah, there was a, a 10 million series C uh, led by uh, HTC and also the uh, another fund called the Makers Fund. Now, did you guys participate in that round as well? Yes, we did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll call out the companies in your portfolio and maybe talk to us about why you invested in them, why they're a good company and go from there. Let's start with VR Chat because it's pretty amazing. Yeah, the VR chat, we are really excited about what they are doing in a team. I think we first met with them late 2015 when they are still at the Rodenberg Ventures uh, accelerator program. And they were quite small back then, it's only like a thousand users. But what was really fascinating about them was they have really active users, like the like small number, like I, I, I don't remember, maybe like 100 people, like 120 people, but they're spending like five or six hours per day, like in the VR. So we are quite excited about those, the passionate, a passion and also the activeness of those stick users without the, what they're, the concept of the like VR. So we see them looking back on the there's a shift from like a PC to the mobile, we saw that there will be like a huge shift from PC mobile to the like a new platform like a virtual reality. So we saw that the social com and communication is like a key concept, a key like sector that's it's gonna make a new format for the communication, a new format of the like a social in a VR and the VR chat is really the one that we found out. So I think we are the, the first institutional VC investing in them. And since then, we've been really loved just working with the team and also the, how they grow the user base. And the first time I was in VR chat, I was, uh, I was on a show. I can't remember what the show was called. Um, it was, oh, Gunter's Universe. And what it was, was uh, this guy had made, and the great thing about VR chat is you can make your own environments. You can make a room however you want. You can have gravity, you can have no gravity. There's all sorts of features about this. So we were in this like stadium size thing with people everywhere. It, it was kind of like Ready Player One where you're talking to somebody who's a human avatar and then you turn around and somebody's a giant robot. It was really cool because no matter what the shape that they took, you could have a conversation with somebody. And it was really cool because as I went around the room, there was people from all over the world in that room. And they were super passionate, super excited, just to your point where very, very active users. And not only active in the fact that they're going there and talking to people, but building. And I think that is really cool. That's one thing about VRChat that I loved. And you look at something like Altspace, which is a direct competitor to VRChat, and it doesn't seem like it's moved or, or changed since it was released in 2014, 2015, nothing really has been improved, in my opinion. If anything, it's gotten worse because there's more people on now and it's lagging. What are these guys doing to keep their tech stack uh, ahead of the curve when it comes to adoption? As more and more people come onto the platform, obviously they need to scale their bandwidth. What are they doing there? Yeah, they have a pretty sharp like a user growth for the last maybe 12 months. So they been spending a lot of time like just keeping up like servers, um, like how the community grows and uh, there's no like toxic like, behavior in the community too. 
So like last 12 months, they spent so much time in like just uh, like moderating the community and also like making sure that everyone, especially like new users, once they are in, they have a comfortable experiences just interacting with other people. I guess the like main point for them to be like successful is like just to listen to users. So they have uh, some sort of like a community advisory group and they actively talk into the actual users, what they feel like, what they want in the community. And they, they try to like reflect, like they take the, those feedback really seriously and implement as, as soon as they can. For the, like the technical side, just make sure that they can support like you know, 100,000 people at the same time. And also the other part is like just to make sure that the community doesn't pull apart. They just want to make sure the user community has like a really good time just in there. Imagine that, a, co- a company that listens to its customers and community. It seems so basic, but so powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think sometimes it's quite hard because uh, some people say like they want this and some people say they don't want this. So uh, they just have to make sure that what's like best for the community. So sometimes they have to make some judgment as well too. Some people may not be happy, but in, in the overall, the community can just be in a good shape and can grow. Let's move to spaces, which again, in VR, but now this is more location-based entertainment. And I know there's, what, three locations now? Um, they got about six locations now. Amazing. So they have six locations. So I had the opportunity to meet with uh, Shiraz. We were both accepted to the Museum of the Future Accelerator in Dubai. We spent a week in Dubai together, so I got to meet them there. But really amazing stuff. One of their title pieces or one of their licensed uh, IP titles is Terminator. So tell tell us about those guys and why you think they were a a great investment. Right. Kind of same story. So I met this Shiraz and Brad, like CTO and CEO of the company, maybe like early 2016 when they are still working for DreamWorks, uh, so they are like the so they are the lead team members at the DreamWorks for the any like XR type of the experiences, and uh, they are just thinking to like spin out the, the team out of the uh, like parent company. So we talked a few times. We they showed us like what they are working on, and it's like it's just like a great team and. Just combination of the serious, more like a business guy, and Brad is like a really technical person. So we just loved what they're working on, and also the like a team itself. They were originally trying to create some the contents platform for the VR. So they're like really great at like creating contents too. So when they're talking to a Chinese company, Sunshen which is the, like, like one of the largest creator of the, like a theme park in China. So they, the Sunshine actually invested in them. And also they had a big agreement for the contents of distribution in China. So since then, they're more focused on the contents, the creating contents for like a theme park, like a, the more like a location-based VR stuff. And right now they have about five, six locations and three in US and one in Japan, one in Dubai. So that's, they have like our Terminator IPs and it's, it's been, it's been great. It's been a, like really great working with them as well. VR Park is this crazy, uh, it's like a video arcade that got carried away. <laughs> when you walk through the mall, all of a sudden the whole arcade facade, the front of the building is like wrapped around over top of you and buildings are kind of coming down. It's almost like 
what's that movie, uh, Inception, where buildings are coming from the ceiling down on you and it's just incredible facade. And then when you walk in the room, they've taken location-based entertainment to the next level. And one of the things that I think is really special about what they do and starting to trickle down with things like spaces and these, these companies is that the experience before you get in the VR headset is as important as the experience while you're in it. Mm, yeah. It's really, really important to, to get you excited about it. Builds the immersion before you even put the headset on. It's very exciting. So where do you see the future of that going? Location-based VR is like one of the categories that uh, quite successful in like a monetization and also like a user attraction. And I think the not only like a spaces, but other companies like the Void, like Sandbox VR. So all companies have like a slightly different approach. The Void is more uh, like creating a bigger uh, attractions, like partner with like Disney. And Sandbox is uh, creating like a snackable, easier to use kind of experience in the like, shopping center. So just a little bit different. But I think for the, the location-based VR, it's like that's what the people want. They just go there, try something new. So it's been, I think it's been a great future for the like, VR industry as a whole. I think it's one of those things that people originally said, well, why would I go to a location when I can just buy a VR headset at home? But what people don't understand is that the experiences that companies like Spaces in the Void are doing are really bringing a different added layer of complexity. So they're able to put you inside of a space where you can walk around, you can touch things, you can interact with things, and it really cannot be replicated in a Vive or an Oculus Rift avoid, and I'm, I'm sure Spaces is going to do this as well, but using haptics and vibration plates and scent machines and a spatial audio, all of these things together create an immersive experience that you cannot get at home and you won't be able to get at home ever. Because as the home technology gets better and better, of course, the location-based entertainment is going to get better and better as well. Yeah. Speaking of which, let, let's go in and talk about Little Star. I, I know uh, the, the guys at Little Star, I've known them for quite a while, and they're more of a distribution platform for VR uh, videos and content. So talk to us about uh, about them. Sure, yeah. So yeah, like you said, the Little Star is the content distribution platform, not only the VR, like 360 video, but also like AR and also other contents too. So they have a platform on the uh, like their own app and like Sony's Playstations as well. And they're like distributing um, lots and lots of contents to the uh, and the users, consumers. And recently, they also developed the uh, interesting blockchain technology that's called the ARA, A-R-A. And they also trying to replace the old existing the content distribution platform with the, the unique, the build their own technology built by uh, like crypto, like the blockchain world, so that they can do more decentralized contents uh, management uh, after all. They are out of New York, but the founding team recently moved to LA to just to get more closer to the content creators. That's basically in LA. They are just doing the PlayStation is like a really the major like deal source, um, the user uh, attraction for them. And Sony has been the great partner for the company. Sony has been uh, helping them get more contents and also the uh, uh, more access to the uh, like more users as well. It's interesting uh, that that PlayStation. You hear so much hype about Oculus and HTC, but PlayStation is just delivering VR headset after VR headset. And, and uh, two days ago, I was on my uh, way to Chicago, mm -hmm. 
And in the airport, there was a huge demonstration set up for uh, PlayStation VR. And it wasn't up and running yet, but you could see they were building it. And it had one, two, three, it had six demo stations built into it right in the middle of the airport. And I thought that was really a great sign. PlayStation has been really, they've been like running the gaming platform for a long time. So they know the, like how to get more contents on the platform and combining like not only VR, but also like a gaming like a simple like a PC, uh, sorry, the console gaming. But uh, together, I think the the more attractive the users. And the PlayStation, not only the uh, Little Star, but for other companies, uh, other portable companies, they've been great partner to work with. Amazing. I'm, I'm actually just looking, <laughs> I'm looking up this ARA, A-R-A uh, blockchains, ARA.1, A-R-A dot O-N-E. Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one. Um, that that's pretty cool that they're able to uh, to do that and basically the blockchain content platform very cool. Uh, now is that a separate company or is that under it's the a little star? Company. Oh great! And are you invested uh, in that as well? No, we didn't. We couldn't really invest in the uh, blockchain companies under the uh, the court, uh, fund one because of the like a limitation on the like investment focus. That makes total sense. The next one here is Wave VR and Wave VR. Uh, started off as a DJ platform, so you could DJ in VR. And I actually, I had the opportunity to DJ at the Microsoft Build Conference in, I want to say 20, 2015 or 2016, uh, in the Wave, which was incredible. Um, obviously, the uh, at the time it was very early days, and it was, it wasn't great for uh, DJing, but at least people got the understanding of that I could control things in VR for an audience and. Since there, one of one of the things that that struck me about this is that it wasn't just here's a way to DJ, but here's a way for entertainers and artists to expose their music and their their art to different people, but on a platform that allowed people to not only just consume it but right. to interact with it. And one of the things that that I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but maybe you can put this straight, is that they have a a, a mechanism where you take uh, these little pills. And you share it with somebody, and then you go on a, a separate experience with other people. Is that correct? Is that still a um, thing? That I'm not sure. I thought that was amazing, selling digital drugs for real money. But anyway, <laughs> if that's not part of it, then we won't talk about it. Basically, what they're saying is a new type of interactive music experience. And tell us about uh, Wave VR or Wa- oh, uh, Wave XR now. Yeah, they changed the name to Wave XR because they're not really not only the VR, but more like broader experiences. Yeah, Wave VR is like a social platform, more like the uh, like for the virtual concerts. So anybody want to play, you know, the DJ or some like the instruments uh, in the virtual space. So they are the like a go-to platform. But yeah, like, like you mentioned, they started as more like a platform for only for the VR, but uh, they're now expanding to uh, like to cover any PC or consumer or any platform that's been done virtually recently, they been working with the like more real DJ and also like the other famous artists and creating the, the virtual concert. One concert, uh, the last month, the concert got the about 400,000 users in the like, real time. So that's like really the, one of the biggest concerts, even bigger than like the you know, really physical concert. So it's the kind of shows the potential of the like, virtual concert because they're not like a boundary for the people to just join the concert. They can just uh, join the concerts like whenever they can uh, from like online, from the 
PC or from mobile. They can still watch on like Twitch. So that's quite a um, opening up like a new uh, opportunity for like the artists as well. Absolutely, this gives the artists a whole new way to not only interact with their uh, with their fans, but create new art as well. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Absolutely, and they also like try to work with the uh, some more publishers, the game publishers, and also the uh, like the platform, other uh, platform as well. So that uh, let's say like the VR chat has want to have uh, some concert. Wave can just provide all the like, technology behind it, so that uh, VR chat is just more like a platform, but. They can partner with the WaveXR to organize this kind of virtual concert for the for the users. Well, that's pretty awesome. Moving towards kind of the more enterprise side of things, you've got Insight VR, which is a VR meetings for architecture, engineering, and construction. Sure, Talk yeah. About that. So Insight VR is the um, like small like a Skype uh, using the any three D models inside. So they are now targeting uh, more focused on the like architects, like construction companies. And uh, they've been doing great, especially the turning point for the company was the uh, Oculus Go and Oculus Quest. Uh, before that, the PC, any like the tethered uh, VR headset, we, they have to ask the customers to buy the PC or console or any other, like, any platform that the contents can be applied on. But uh, with the introduction of the Oculus Go and Oculus Quest, it's like a standalone headset. So they can actually bundle the hardware with the, their uh, software content. So that's kind of accelerated their like, user their contents growth. And uh, they have uh, now uh, more than like 100 customers, paying customers, and uh, they're making quite uh, like decent revenue as well. Yeah, we are really excited about uh, their future too. That's pretty cool. I really love it. Uh, and it's interesting because we've been doing um, an industry analysis on all the different uh, technologies and uh, or a competitive comparison for all the different things. And the uh, collaboration platforms, there's actually 59 mm. that we've identified. So that's wow. a busy space. But I think even though there's 59, I think there's room for all of them, to be honest with you. Because as companies start to realize the full potential of having meetings in VR and being able to have design meetings, especially being able to bring in an architectural drawing or a, a CAD file, discuss it on the fly, having people from Japan and San Francisco in one room together without having to get on a flight. The savings for one flight pays for your annual license 10 right. times over. Yeah, that's true. Amazing technology. And I, I think that's a really, that's going to be a big hit for you guys. Let's talk about, I know nothing about that one. Sorry, I apologize, but what's YBVR? Yeah, uh, YBVR offers the uh, streaming optimization technology for 3D video. So they work with the content studio, like uh, right now they're focused on the sports. So they work with companies like uh, like streamers and any of the broadcasting companies. That's one of like the stream, the 3D video to users on live. And they... Currently working closely with the, some companies like Rakuten. Rakuten, they're also like a Japanese company. They own a few soccer team. They also like a big sponsor to the Golden Gate Warriors. And they also organize some tennis events, like tennis matches. So they um, so they work with the YBVRs and YBVR can just capture the other scores, that the, the games, and broadcast the, a 360 video to the users on, on real time. As long as I know, they're the only company that does those like optimizations uh, technology uh, on the real time. 
So um, yeah, they're like really unique team, unique product, and we also like really excited to working with them too. It's interesting. Uh, my one of my podcasts today was with uh, Michael from Insta Three Hundred and Sixty. Mm. Okay. And the the first uh, interview this morning was with Michael from another Michael, lots of Michaels today, from Radiant Images. And Radiant Images has been doing a lot of work with live streaming, especially now that they have their Insta360 Titan 11K camera. It's going to be more and more important to figure out streaming technologies for this for live events. Very yeah, exciting it stuff. It's exciting times, my friend. We're, we're in the middle of a revolution and you guys seem to have made some pretty good bets on technologies that are going to revolutionize this yeah, entire is. industry. It is. Yeah, we're all excited about. So another one that I, uh, I'm, I am familiar with is Stream. It's actually Charlie Fink's son as part of that. And one of the things that Stream allows you to do is use your phone to get instructions for something. So basically almost like a, a remote expert Um and so sure, yeah. about stream. Stream, they have a technology, a mobile AR-based technology that's helped the uh, expert talk to the users over the phone. And they combine the, like, just like streaming the phone with the computer vision technology. So it's done, they can detect all those like, details about uh, like devices or any like furniture they are talking to. And that's going to help the experts to like more uh, accurately analyze the, like, what the problem is. The, the CEO is Ryan Fink. It's kind of interesting story because I met him when still he was working for the previous company. So I met him after the CES maybe three years ago, and he kind of indicated that he's like leaving the company soon to start his own business. And when I heard about his concept, I, I thought that this is going to be really huge. I know that home service space is pretty really huge market and there hasn't been uh, any solution like that before. So we just uh, jumped on the opportunity, just now started working with him. And like the VR chat, I think we are the, the first money into the, their company. It's funny because, you know, you've made investments in companies that we've been friends with. So it's, it's awesome to have this kind of like, oh, I know all these people. It's great. Right. It's lower. It, 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 well, it really is a small world. Another one is Torch, Paul's company. And Paul is actually one of our mentors. And Charlie Fink uh, is one of our mentors at the XR Ignite Accelerator. Yeah, so we've pulled together. Right now, we're at 67 of the, the top mentors in the world for our accelerator. We, we wanted to create an accelerator that would take companies like these, uh, whether they're pre-investment or post-investment, and really help them to do business with enterprise. And so uh, we're really a B2B a SaaS marketplace type mm. uh, accelerator. But Torch, uh, Paul is one of our, our um, mentors for this. And Torch is a uh, an AR authoring tool that lets you kind of create augmented reality experiences. But it started off as more of a right. prototyping tool, but it looks like it's really starting to become more than that. So yeah. talk to us about Paul Torch. and his team. So they're like, started as they more like a, like a design tool, the prototype tool. But um, as they listen to their customers and users, their users are actually more looking for some sort of like authorizing tools in AR so that the user can just uh, create a contents and publish on the like, multiple platforms at the same time. So as they listen to the users, they're just trying to their, kind of change the strategy a bit. And they're now more focused on the AR-based authorizing tool. And 
they've been like working with the big companies so far, and I think they haven't made any an announcement yet. But uh, they've got a few good, large deals already in hand. Yeah, they make fun demos. They, there's one of planets all lined up on a table, and there's they're traveling. This is really cool. And you know what? A great group of guys, a great group of people doing fantastic work. And I, I can't support them enough. If you want to visit, it's torch.app. Uh, what else have we got here that's that's VR, AR related in your portfolio? Did I miss so, anything? So uh, we actually made about a 22 investment in the VR and AR space. That's, I think, only covered maybe like half of it. <laughs> Wow, Plus awesome. 10 more companies, but I don't have any, I guess we don't have time to just go through them, but uh, just to uh, highlight. Well, do you want to just talk talk to them quick and, and then we'll, we'll do a part two? <laughs> sure. There's a company called Astarfi. So they, they're creating the like mapping in the computer world. So they're like maybe falls under the category that what people call like an air cloud, but they're more focused mm-hmm. on outdoor. And the technology is quite unique too. So they take the like the uh, satellite images of each city and they create the 3D mapping of those like cities, like actual city, like streets and buildings. And uh, if the users use the uh, camera, like the phone camera to like, streets and buildings, that stuff you can just uh, identify where that camera is located and where they are heading and where they're looking at. With that, any like content creators can create actual games or any advertisement or like a signs on the buildings or streets uh, attaching to it. So it's a uh, interesting technology and they have good traction too. They recently announced the multi-year commercial agreement with one of the biggest uh, mobile carriers in Japan. They're just great. They're really like a unique technology and the strong team. Okay. What's next? We got Sturfy. And, and that's S-T-U-R-F-E-E. So, yeah, another company, maybe Apprentice.io. It's a New York-based company, and uh, they are AR, AI-driven solution for pharmaceutical companies. So they optimize everything, like every single processes, the production and R&D, uh, the development cycles at the pharmaceutical companies. So those like a pharma need to record like every single step. This is like PTC's uh, expert capture, but for pharma. They can save costs, they can save like human resources, and I could just streamline the process. I have a customer for you guys for that. That's great. (laughs) Oh, we got got to talk quickly. I know it's not B2B, but Facemoji, how cool is that? Facemoji is a really interesting company. So they have kind of interesting video slash photo app that anybody can uh, like broadcast or take a photo of yourself, like a selfie with your favorite uh, avatars on it. Um, so you can create any person, any like animals, uh, any avatars that's based on like what you need, what you want, what you like. And you can just like a live stream, like whatever you want to say and to capture it, like the video, shoot a video of it and share with your friends and families. So that's like a really interesting new way of the self-expression for like a young teenagers. And they're quite popular in the teens. So it's like more, not like, like a Gen Z type of the other users. It's really cool. So it takes a photo or a video and, and turns you in an emoji, almost like the one that Snapchat bought. I can't remember. Anyway, but it's, but it's in three dimensions, which is pretty cool. So I, I assume that 
the future will you'll be able to drop yourself into AR and, and VR and all those sorts of things. So very cool. What else have you got? Anything else? There's, I'm sure there's a bunch. You've got 10 more. So <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Okay, so one another company. The company called Fire, P-H-I-A-R. It's a car navigation tool based on AR. So it's not the more like an AR on the, like a Google map. So if you're driving from like one point to the other, you have to see the like a Google map on like a flat screen. But instead of like just like looking down an app, if you use the Fire, Fire, just using the smartphone camera, they can just actually overlay like where to go on the actual like a street photo like a video, like a live video. So basically, you use your phone, instead of putting your phone uh, on your dashboard, you have it up high, so it's kind of on your screen, and it's overlaying the directions on top in realistic, which that'll probably be where we go with glasses anyway, so they're kind of ahead of the curve. And the only thing I have with these AR navigation tools is that it's so easy for Google to come along and just do that. And I, I wonder about the long-term longevity of these types of things. So anyway... My job is not to uh, to get into that, but it's definitely interesting <laughs> technology. Yeah, I'm sure Google is working on it, but uh, Fire's team is like really nimble and fast. So I think they are the if they can get to the market for the first product in the market, that's like good advantage for them. And uh, Google has been like creating the Google Map. They also bought the Waze too, so they're like some like equipment. Uh, that they can be both uh, working on something, but uh, acquiring some like other similar product at the same time. Yes, I think there's going to be lots and lots of acquisitions. <laughs> that It's already starting. Last week, there was Apple acquired uh, right. Economa, Verizon acquired Jaunt, and Facebook acquired Control Labs. So the acquisitions are coming. Yeah, it is. It is coming which is fantastic. Well, I, I want to thank you for taking the time. I mean, we could basically talk about this all day, every day, and, and probably still never get to everything. But I want to say thank you for taking the time to spend with us today and explain these different companies that you're invested in and your strategies. It's really been enlightening. What is one problem in the world that you want to see solved using XR technologies? That's a great question. I would say like a remote control. It's like that maybe the concept that your stream is kind of trying to solve, but you don't have to be actually there, but you can just see the things, feel the things and talk to other people, but you can actually feel the presence. So that's the, like maybe like the biggest problem for the VR or XR is solving. And I love to see that, that that's going to be happening in the future, the near future. So when you mean touch it, like the haptics? With the haptics. So you can see the, like, the things with the, through the video maybe, but uh, you can feel and actually touch the things with the haptics. So you can, maybe like grabbing a wall or like just grabbing these glasses, you can still feel that haptics. And it's not only the haptics, but it's all you combine everything together as like more like a total solution for the VR. air. You know what's amazing? Last week I was at the Florida Simulation Summit. It's a military simulation summit. And I got to try the uh, the Haptex gloves, H uh, A P T X, right. and they're these these ugly looking giant gloves. They look like you're a giant robot. Yeah. If, if anybody used to have the Nintendo Power Glove, I love the Power Glove. It's so bad. It was like that only with 
cables and stuff hanging out all the end. Yeah. Connected to a giant box on the table. But once you put the gloves on, you put the VR headset, you can't see them anyway. So it doesn't matter. When I put on the VR headset, I reached out and there was somebody in front of me and I could touch them and I could pick up things and feel like they were really in my hand. And one of the things I picked up, I was I was supposed to be a medic. It was medic training. Mm. And I picked up a needle and they said, take the, take the lid off the needle and stick your finger on it. And when I did that, it scared the crap out of me because it <laughs> hurt like a needle. It obviously didn't hurt me, but because I was looking at a needle and I put my finger on a needle and it buzzed, it uh, stuck with me. And it was that combination of tactile and visuals and sound that just I was fully immersed and I think I have to go for some PTSD treatment after that because it was a very graphic simulation. Wow. But uh, I think you're absolutely right in doing that. Have you tried those gloves yet? Not that one yet, but I tried a couple other the haptics gloves. Nice. What's the best ones you've tried so far? Mm. You don't have to say anything. All of them really aren't very good yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> the haptics ones were great, except for the fact that you have to have a giant box. Yeah, that's the the like the biggest problem for the haptics right now. There's a, there's some new ones that just were released today. Uh, they're just in research phase, but they're just like a little, um, almost like a little skin that goes over your fingers. So we'll see how that goes. Wow, that might be interesting. One. Yeah, it's out of Japan actually. <laughs> well, Tepe, I want to say thank you so much for for joining me on the show and. I want to thank everybody for listening. This has been the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson. This podcast is another amazing example of how XR technologies are revolutionizing business across literally every industry. To learn more about Tepe and the GFR Fund, you can visit gfrfund.com. Tepe, thank you so much. Likewise. Uh, thank you for having me here. My absolute pleasure. Being an influencer on LinkedIn in the XR field uh, really has opened up an opportunity for us to not only understand what corporations are looking for in virtual augmented mixed reality and artificial intelligence, but also from the aspect of the startups, studios, developers, and enthusiasts out there and what they need. So what we decided to do after getting hundreds and hundreds of messages is to open up XR Ignite to the entire XR community of startups, studios, individuals, passionate people, and really to build a new community that brings together everybody who's passionate about this technology for a low cost and allow them to contribute, to learn, and to get better across the whole industry. That is really the reason why we started XR Ignite, to hyper-accelerate the XR for business industry, business and education. And one of the things that we just keep noticing is that there's so many resources out there. There's the VRAR Association, which we're partners with. There are you know, reports coming out daily, but there's no one source where people can come together and start just having conversations around how to get better in this industry. And that's why we started XR Ignite. I would encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're in the corporate side, if you're a startup, if you're an individual, if you're an enthusiast, sign up today at xrignite.com and you'll be getting access to new reports, investor lists, media lists, exclusive content, interviews with our mentors. We have over 56 mentors. And if you're a startup and you pay an annual fee, you'll actually have the opportunity to book a one-on-one, one-hour call with one of the mentors. What we're doing with that 
is we're actually recording those sessions, we're transcribing them, taking out any personal information, and we're making those transcripts available to all members. So I think XR Ignite is gonna drive a lot of value for anybody in this industry who's looking to up their game, and also for corporates who want a real insight as to what technology is coming out. So I would encourage everybody to sign up at xrignite.com, and I really look forward to driving value, executing on our mission to hyper-accelerate XR for business and education.